Hallelujah. We give you glory, God. You are worthy. We bless your holy name, God. God, you're so worthy. You're so awesome. Bless your name, Jesus. We give you glory. There is none like you. Mighty and everlasting Father. God, we thank you. We thank you on this day just for being God. We thank you and we bless your name. Come on in, come on in. We bless you. God bless you, sister. We bless God for you. Good morning, good morning. God is so wonderful. There is none like Him. You can search all over. Good morning. We bless God for you. Joining in with us on this morning. As we delve into a time in the Word of God, God bless you, Evangelist Joy and Giddings. God bless you, God bless you. Hallelujah. If you can hear me, please let me know if you can hear me. Um, give us a thumbs up or a like. Please let me know if you can hear me clearly. Hallelujah. God is worthy. He is so awesome. Let me know if you can hear me clearly. Hallelujah. Give a thumbs up, likes of hearts. Yes, hallelujah. God bless you, BET family. We are here and we're excited to be with you on this morning. God bless you, Brother Deshaun. If you guys can hear me, I need you to do me a favor. If you can hear me, send up some hearts, send up some likes and let me know that you can hear me clearly. God bless you, Sister Deborah Riston. God bless you, woman of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is still worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I need you <clears throat> to do me a favor. If you can, I need you to like this video. I need you to tag somebody in this video. I need you to share this video. God bless you, my light-skinned sister. I am so grateful to God for my cousin Newton all the way from the Bahamas. God bless you. I'm so delighted to see all of you on this morning. God bless you, Evangelist Stephanie Ritz Fireball. God bless you all on this morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. We bless God for you, Evangelist Teresa Burton, another preaching machine. God bless you, Sister Kim Ely. Do me a favor. Like the video. Share the video. 
tag somebody in the video. If you can tag at least two people, two people in this video, let them know that we're live. The Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family. And we're here just to delve into a time in the word of God. If you can hear me, I need you to send up some hearts, send up some lights, and let me know that you can hear me on this morning. God bless you, Sister Deborah McCall. Hallelujah. We bless God for each and every one of you joining in with us on this morning. God is good. God is so worthy. God is so awesome. There is nobody that you can compare to him. Because of his isness, he is. He's a self-existent one. And we bless God for him just on this morning, just to be alive. God is yet worthy. He is yet worthy. And we thank God for him on this morning. Hallelujah. God is worthy. We bless God for you. We thank God for each and every one of you on this morning. Thank you for joining in with us with the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family. <clears throat> Thank you for joining in with us on this morning because God is worthy. And he is worthy of all praises and he's worthy of all the thanks. God is yet awesome. He is yet magnificent. He is a mighty God. On this morning, I am excited to be here with you, sharing with you, um, courtesy of the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family, where our pastor and bishop is Bishop Curtis Bernard Sexton. He is the prelate for the Guyana Ecclesiastical Jurisdiction, along with Suriname. We bless God for you joining with us here locally, with us virtually via Facebook and our other handles, and joining in with us globally around the world in the Bahamas, in Guyana, in Suriname. We have blessed God for you being with us on this morning. I am excited to have you with us on this morning. God is yet worthy. God is yet great. God is yet magnificent. He is awesome in all his ways. If I had a thousand tongues, I still could not thank God enough. And I am grateful just to be alive. I am grateful just to be here with you on this morning. I am grateful to just be able to wave my hands. I am grateful that I have feet that I can walk on. I am grateful that I have eyes that I can see. If you're grateful, come on and send up some hearts, send up some likes. If you're just grateful to be alive, if you're grateful to know a God that is over all things. If you're grateful to know a God that can fix anything, if you're grateful to know a God that's all powerful, a God that is all knowing, even when you don't say anything to him, he knows what you need. If you're grateful, come on, send up some hearts, send up some likes. If you're just grateful to know a God that is all powerful. 
I am getting excited. I'm getting excited because God is powerful. When I got up this morning and I swung my feet off the bed and I began to stand, I was not guessing if the, if the floor would hold me up. I had faith to know that the floor would hold me because the greatness of God, because of the consistency of God, even when we are not consistent. God is yet consistent, so I am grateful. Like Lamentation 3.22 says, that it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions, they fail not. They're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Again, I am delighted to be with you sharing live from the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family, where a pastor and bishop is Bishop Curtis, Bernard Sexton. He is the prelate for the Guyana Ecclesiastical Jurisdiction along with Suriname. We are excited and delighted and overjoyed to be with you on this morning. This morning, I am Elder Andy Smith and I serve as the assistant pastor for the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family, the greatest church family on this side of the heaven. We bless God for each and every one of you joining with us locally, joining in with us uh, virtually and globally. We bless God for you, Chaplain Sheila Carrington, another fireball in the kingdom. God is still worthy. He is worthy and he is awesome. This morning, I want to take a time out and I want to send a birthday shout out to my oldest child, my son, Rashid. He is 25 on today. I also want to send a birthday shout out to my mother-in-law, Raffaella Bennett, my little sister, Ladinia Smith, and my aunt, Aunt Sylvia Smith. I just want to send a birthday shout out. God's blessing and favor be continually upon your life. I am excited. Yes, I am excited to be here with you on today. I am excited because God himself is worthy. And this morning we want to delve in a time into a time in the word of God. And if you would turn with me on this morning to the book of Matthew. I want you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, the 16th chapter. The book of Matthew, the 16th chapter and we're going to be reading from verses 24 to 27. Matthew 16 Verses 24 to 27. Matthew 16, verses 24 through 27. When you have it, uh, can you send up another set of hearts and, and likes and let me know. I got it. I got it. Put in, in, in the comment section, I have got it. When you've got the word of God, put in the comment section, I've got it. Or send up some likes, send up some hearts to say, I've got the word of God in front of me. Hallelujah. And it reads thus, Matthew 16, verses 24 to 27. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. And take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is it a man profit if he shall gain the whole world 
and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. The, the verse that I want to focus on this morning would be the 24th verse. The 24th verse says, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him first deny himself. Secondly, take up his cross. Then thirdly, follow me. Let you, let's you bow our heads in a word of, Father, we thank you. God, and we bless you, God, for we know that you hear us always, God. Father God, we understand that there's never been a time that you've spoken and your people have not been spoken to, God. There's never been a time, God, that you've touched, God, and your people have not been touched, God. Now, Father God, we pray, God, that you would speak, God, and that your people would have been spoken to, God. God, that you would touch, God, and your people would have been touched, God. God, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, God, because you are our strength and our redeemer, God. Father God, let your word go forth with power and precision, God. God, we thank you for clarity of thought, God, and we thank you for clarity of speech, God. Anything that is Andy, God, let it fall to the ground and die, God. Father God, but everything that is you, God, let it find root in the heart of your people, God. God, that it would spring forth some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold, and in the end, eternal life, God. God, we thank you, God, for enlightenment through your word, God. God, we thank you, God, for giving value through your word, God. We give you glory and we give you praises for this now in the name of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, and let the people of God, Say amen, amen, and amen. God, you are still worthy. You are worthy of all praises. I will go into a summary of Matthew. The date and place of Matthew was written in Judah traditionally, AD 37. The author is Matthew called Levi, son of Alphaeus and brother of James, a publican and one of the 12 apostles. He is supposed to have preached in Judea for 15 years, going to Ethiopia and other lands afterwards. He did not suffer martyrdom. The theme of Matthew, Jesus is Jehovah, King of the Jews and Savior of the world. It is particularly the gospel of Israel. It is four events of infancy, ten parables, two miracle, four discourses, and six events of passion. The statistics of Matthew. It is the 40th book of the Bible. It has 28 chapters, 1,071 verses, 23,684 words, 177 questions, 25 Old Testament prophecies, 47 New Testament prophecies, 815 verses of history, 256 verses of prophecies, 164 unfulfilled, and 192 fulfilled. There are two distinct messages from God. 
I know it's not only me, but during this time of pandemic, I can remember walking past a mirror in the house. And I had to stop when I walked past the mirror in the house. And when I stopped and walked past the mirror in the house, I noticed that something about me was not right. What did I notice was the fact that we were in a pandemic and I have been eating more. As we're in the pandemic, I've started to put on even more weight. And in, the, in this pandemic, I am noticing that I'm not liking what I'm seeing about my body. So then there is a conscious decision because me not liking what I'm seeing about my body that I have to start either a workout regimen or I need to start and join a gym. Yes, I, I, I'm saying it. I need to start and join a gym. And one of the things that has to happen when I've decided to join a gym so that I can be in better shape, not, from, not only for me, but for my family, that I can live to see my girls come to a certain age, that I can live to see them achieve the goals that they have set before them. Yes, I have to be in shape for my family. So the task that I have was to decide which gym that I want to join based on convenience and prices. I have to decide which gym I want to join based on convenience and pricing. I also need to know if there is a trainer available. I believe that a trainer is important because he or she helps to keep you accountable to the goals that you have set or that has been set. The trainer takes into account, one, my present weight, as well as a targeted weight. He takes into account my present weight, as well as my targeted weight. With this information, the trainer can then collect all of these things in order to create one a meal plan and a workout routine. The trainer has to collect all of this information to now give me a meal plan and a workout routine. The trainer helps me with building stamina and strength through repetitions uh, or through lifting certain weights to target certain muscle areas in my body to strengthen and produce stamina. This is what the trainer is there for. What I'm realizing is that as I get into it more, the trainer will stretch you from your physical and your mental capacity. He will stretch it beyond where you are. The trainer will push you to give everything that you have to achieve the targeted goal. That trainer is going to push you to give everything that you have to achieve your targeted goal. But in the process, it will stretch you beyond your physical and mental capacity. This is what the trainer is there for. Even with the trainers doing what they need to do 
and pushing me, I find out that it is still ultimately up to me. The trainer can push me and he can he can be on me to be accountable, but it's still up to me to do what is necessary to get to a targeted way. It's essentially up to me and my commitment to getting to that targeted way. There is something that I see all the time. There are many people that walk in the gym. They look at the weight that is in the gym. And they never embrace the equipment in the gym and what it can do to transform their body. Let me say that again. There are many people that walk in the gym. They look at the weight or the equipment in the gym and they've never embraced the value and the benefits of the equipment in the gym. It is nice to consider that there's a need to join the gym. It's nice to consider that you need to get in shape and get your body right and be healthy. It's nice to consider all of these things. But if you never make it a reality, you are still at the place that you were when you first considered. If you never make it a reality, you are still at the place that you were when you first considered. It's nice to consider having to lose the weight. It's nice to consider having to be in shape. But if you never make it a reality, you are still where you were when you first considered. Stick a pin right there. It's nice to consider that there is a need to lose weight. It's a nice to consider that you have to get in shape. But if you've never embraced or made a reality into moving into the area of getting in shape, then it's just a consideration. You're just a consideration. May I use for a topic on this morning? And my topic is, are you utilizing your cross? The question is, are you utilizing your cross? And my subtopic is embracing responsible transformation. Are you utilizing your cross? Embracing responsible transformation. The question is, are you utilizing your cross? Embracing responsible transformation. Proverbs 19, 20 and 21 says, Hear the counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end, that there may be, the, there, there, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. The NIV says it like this. Listen to the advice and accept discipline. At the end, you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a man's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. When I define the word plan, it is typically any diagram or list of steps with details of timing and resources used to achieve 
and objected to do something. It is commonly understood as a temporal set of intent, intended actions through which one expects to achieve a goal. When I define the word purpose, the word purpose is the reason why something or something is created. It's the reason why something or someone is created. Or it is the original reason why something exists. The purpose is the original reason why something exists. May I submit to you that when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. When purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. The word abuse is abnormal use. The use in an unnatural way. Anytime something is used in a way that is not normal, it is considered abuse. If you take a knife and you try to open your door, you are abusing the knife. If you try to open the door or you're locked with a knife, you are abusing the knife. Two things happen. You can damage the lock. You can damage the finish on the door. And then you will not enter. The correct tool that should be used is a key. Because the purpose of the key is to unlock doors. The purpose of that key is to unlock doors. If you take a pliers and you try to drive nails in wood, you are abusing the pliers. You can destroy the pliers and you will not succeed in the driving nails in the wood because the correct tool that should be used is a hammer because a pliers was not made to do that job. Matthew 26, 24 says, If any man will come after me, let him first deny himself. Secondly, take up your cross. Then thirdly, I need you to follow me. In the text here, Jesus gives instructions on how we should follow him. Looking at the statement, it's very clear that on this journey, we are required to follow specific instructions. We have to first make a decision. This decision requires that we accept what we have walked away from. Decisions requires a real spiritual strength to deny oneself. It is very difficult to not do something. It is very difficult doing something that is not beneficial to you. It is very difficult. Now the question becomes, how is it that you want me to stop something that I'm doing that I actually like doing? How is it should I stop something that I'm doing that I actually love to do? How do you tell me to stop doing something that I actually love to do? Romans 7.21 says, I find then a law that is when I would do good, evil is present with me. Yes, it feels good. It's easy because it causes me nothing to stay there. It 
feels good so it's easy for me to stay where it feels good because it will cost me nothing because where I am right now I'm quite comfortable just don't bother me because it feels good and it is safe it is safe here's the thing that we have to pay attention to that which is beneficial is always going to cost you isolation. That which is beneficial always pulls you out and causes you isolation. It will cost you some sleepless nights. Yes. The thing that is beneficial will cost you isolation. It will cost you some sleepless nights. It will cost you praying alone, feeling the pain and the pressure of the call. There is still a difficulty of making this decision because what I am doing, I am very comfortable in doing it. Where I am, I am very comfortable. It's very comfortable what I am doing. But we must make a decision. You are comfortable where you are. I am comfortable where I am, but we still have to make a decision, Jesus says. You have to make a decision. And what is that decision? Huh? And that's decision. He said, one, you've got to deny yourself. You have to put yourself on the back burner. Deny yourself. Uh, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. The cross, the cross, the cross. In the Roman Empire, a convicted criminal, when taken to be crucified, was forced to carry his own cross. This shows publicly that he was under and submissive to the rule that he had been opposing. Likewise, Jesus, uh-huh, disciples, or the word disciples come from the word discipline. Disciples come from the word discipline. Discipline is the root word of disciple. Jesus is telling them they must demonstrate their submission to the one against whom they had rebelled. The path that Jesus has his followers or all of us. Jesus' path. And he wants us to follow this path. This one path that he wants us to follow, follow is a, a path of sorrow. And we will travel a world of sorrow and suffering. But in losing one's life, in losing one's life, one will truly find a better life. Jesus' similar words in, in, in Matthew 10, 38, 39, it was stated in connection with the attitude towards his family. Jesus spoke in relation to Peter's misunderstanding. Of his purpose. The cost of discipleship. True discipleship or discipline involves following Christ. And doing whatever the path leads us to. True discipleship includes following Christ. And doing whatever the path calls us to do. He said in this statement. The text in the statement certainly implies that there is a disconnect. With what our responsibility is. 
Now we remember we sing this song and I had to come back and correct myself. We sing this song, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain. He said, free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. We know we sing near the cross or near the cross or in the cross. Here's the problem that I'm having. Jesus says, everything that I did, you've got to do. The cross on Calvary, <laughs> even because of the cross on Calvary, it is Jesus's cross. It is the cross that Jesus himself had to die on. It is the cross that Jesus had to take. So he's saying to his disciples, I am going to get to my cross. He said, but if you are going to follow me, if you are going to be disciplined, if you're going to be my students, then the first thing you need to do is deny yourself and take up your cross. This implies that each and every one of us has a cross. The question is, where is your cross? Is your cross in a closet? Is your cross in the garage? Is your cross at your feet? The question is, where is your cross? Because Jesus said, in order for you to follow me, one of the requirements is to deny yourself, then take up or embrace your cross, and then follow me. Or in other words, follow what I did with my cross. The cross that redeemed all men back to him. Follow me with what I did. So have we been saying it wrong because we're asking Jesus to keep us near the cross and Jesus is telling us, you've got your cross. You need to take up your cross. You need to follow what I did and do the same thing. But we're walking around and trying to understand, God, why am I dealing with this? Jesus is saying that you need to take up your cross. Where is your cross? That's my question. Where is your cross? Is it in a closet? Where, where is it? Jesus makes it clear that the cross is an essential part of our assignment. Jesus makes it clear that the cross is an essential part of our assignment. Jesus says this walk requires your cross. This walk requires your cross. Each and every one of us has an assigned personal cross. Each and every one of us has an assigned personal cross. The statement also indicates that somehow we have not embraced our cross. Somehow we have not embraced our cross. Because we want to follow Jesus, but we want to leave our cross on the side. For Jesus to say to his disciple, first, deny yourself. Secondly, take up your cross. Merely says that their cross was not in their possession. They were not embracing their cross. They were trying to understand where he was going. They still do not understand his ministry. And he said, listen, I need you to do one thing for me. First of all, stop thinking about everything else. And I want you to deny yourself and take up your cross. Wherever your cross is, I need you to pick it up. And then follow me. But we're trying to follow God and we have not taken up our cross. And in following him, it means that we must take up our cross before we can follow him. 
Because taking up our cross is, an assi is a sign that we are following the ways that he took. Where is your cross? Jesus makes it clear that whatever or wherever our cross is, we need to take it up. Embrace it and utilize the benefits of the cross. Our cross is essential to our assignment. Our cross is essential to our assignment. Conditions. And it conditions you. It's essential to your assignment. It's essential to my assignment. And it conditions us. When we take it up. The cross conditions us. When we take it up. The more you embrace your cross. It will strengthen you. The more you embrace your cross, the more you take it up, it will strengthen you. Because the sheer weight of the cross, there is responsibility in your cross. It will bring long suffering, even in a place of isolation. Even when it feels unbearable, and there is no relief in sight. Even when it feels unbearable and there is no relief in sight, the cross will give you long suffering. It will give you responsibility and it will give you strength. Jesus says to follow me after you have taken it up. First you deny yourself, take up your cross, and now he says to follow me. John 19, 17 says, and we bearing the cross went forth into a place called the place of skull, which is in Hebrew Golgotha. It is important to note that following Jesus with our cross will bring us to this place Call isolation. When we follow Jesus, we're going to come to a place just like Jesus came to call the place of skull. It's going to bring us to a place of isolation. What happened on Golgotha? The thing that happened on Golgotha was when Jesus was stretched out on the cross. Jesus gave out everything that was inside of him. And the last thing he had to do is he had to give up the ghost. And he had to lose his mind. Yes, God. The place of skull. Because the things that you try to rationale, you would lose it on the cross. You would lose it at the place of skull because now you're not thinking about what you see. You're thinking about where God is going to take you and this place of isolation will stretch you. This is a place where no friends can be found. But you're responsible for your cross. Even if there's no friends around, you're responsible for your cross. It will take you to a place of stretching. It will stretch you out. It will pull you to your limit. You will be taken to your limit. A place where your will must die. Your will must die. Your solical thoughts and your opinion has to die on the cross. It has to die. Hallelujah. Your cross will demand a release. Your cross will demand a release.
As Jesus was on the cross, the only thing he can do after he had poured out everything to this earth, he released back to his father, his spirit. The cross will demand a release from you. If you're on your cross and you poured out everything that is you, the only thing that you can do, do is release everything to Christ. Huh? Because when you release everything to Christ, now you're empty for God to pour back into you. When you release on your cross everything to Christ, your cross will demand a release. The thing that you're releasing is you. You're releasing your 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 opinions, your your thoughts, uh, your rationale. You're releasing all of this into the hands of God. Hmm. Hallelujah! Understand? Not only tell you start to completely empty out yourself, you will be ready for God to do one thing with you in the earth. When you release all of yourself, then God takes you and he deposits you into a place of isolation. Not only until Jesus released all that was him to Christ, then they can put him in the grave. When you release everything that is you, then God can deposit you as a seed. A seed. Cannot bring forth all of the goodness, all of the purpose on the inside until it is deposited into a ground, until it's isolated from everything else. A seed cannot bring forth fruit until it's placed in a place where it's dark, it's lonely, it's cold, it's wet, it's tormented. You are all alone, but the only thing that is happening is all hell is on you, all the dirt is on you, all kind of turmoil is around you, but when you are deposited in the ground, that transformation can happen. Hallelujah. Seeds. Seeds can only come forth when they're placed in the proper conditions. Seeds can only come forth when they're placed in the proper conditions. So after you have died on the cross, after you have released everything, then God can deposit you in the earth and cause transformation to come. Hallelujah. It is just this place where transformation has to come. Because Jesus had to go to the grave when he committed his spirit back to his father. He was buried. He went in to hell. He smacked the sting out of death. He snatched the keys, led captivity captive, put death and the grave in a timeout for the work to be completed. Your victory is in your posture of going down to be covered. Your victory is in the posture of going down and being covered. Because Jesus did it already. Jesus puts us in a place of obscurity. No one can see us. You're away from everything else. The place of obscurity is where God deposits or he downloads what you were called to be. In that place of obscurity, that's where God deposits or he downloads everything inside of you that you've got for this earth. 
the victory has already been won. And Jesus showed us what happened. First, he took his cross. He walked about a mile and a half, almost two miles, up to a place called Skull. He stretched out wide. He released his spirit. And then he was buried in the earth. And when he was buried in the earth, now he's victorious. He goes down and he smacks hell. And he swabs the key. And he breaks all the bounds. And he goes and he puts up hell and the grave. Death and the grave into a timeout. And he led captivity captive only because he followed the process of the cross. Yes. This process, he said, and if you pay attention, you if you pay attention, you will see what he said. He said, if any man, if it's a conjunction, now you've got to make a decision. If any man will follow me, the first thing you've got to do is deny what you're doing right now. Deny everything that is about you. Deny your rationale. He said, then take up your cross, which is an indication that your cross is not near you. Your cross is not with you. You've not embraced your cross. He said, take your cross up and follow me down the road. The same road where they were praising him one day and saying, Hosanna. And then five or seven days later, they were saying, crucify him. He was in a place of isolation, but he took his cross to Golgotha. And when he got to Golgotha, he released everything. And when he released everything, then Jesus now becomes the Christ. Goes down and leads us captivity captive because all power was in his hand. And he's saying to us, you need to do the very same thing. Take up your cross and follow me. Hmm. So now when you sing the song, Jesus keep me near the cross. There is something that you need to think about. Now how am I asking Jesus to keep me near the cross when I have a cross that I need to embrace? I'm asking Jesus to keep me near the cross and he's given me a personal cross that I have to bear. A personal cross that I have to die on. A personal cross that I have to release on. And I'm asking him to keep me near a cross that is a sign to me personally are you utilizing your cross that is the question are you utilizing your cross are you embracing responsible transformation hallelujah the physical trainer keeps you focused on a targeted goal it is difficult you're isolated from food that you love the things that bring you comfort. You can look at it. The weight in the gym. And the expectings of it. Uh, to strengthen you. You look at the weight in the gym. And you get fearful of using it. But it's there just to strengthen you. You have got to take up the weight. In order to embrace the benefits. That come from utilizing the weight. Or the equipment in the gym. You've got to take up the weight. You've got to do the routine. You've got to go through the regimen if you want to see the results from the gym. If you look at the, at the weight in the gym <coughs> and you don't do anything about the weights that you see in the gym, there is no transformation. Nothing happens. You are still where you were. If you've not taken up the weights and start to use it to your advantage. To start to use it to get the benefits from the weights. 
What have we done? Have we not realized that our cross is sitting down somewhere? And Jesus said to us, listen and listen clearly. I want you to follow me because when you say you are a disciple of Christ, then you are a student of Christ. Jesus is rabbi or master teacher. So then we are his students. Then our thing is we have a responsibility to follow him. And in following him, he gave us a roadmap on how to follow him. The first thing we must do is get rid of my solical thoughts and opinions. Then go and pick up my cross wherever my cross is. So if you got to go dust your cross off, go find your cross. If you got to dust it off, go find your cross. The next thing you need to do is take it up. No matter how heavy your cross is, take it up. No matter how long your cross is, take it up. No matter how difficult your cross is, take it up. And you've got to follow him. Yes, you've got to follow him. That person on your job may be your cross, but you've got to take it up. That person that cut you off on the street may be your cross, but you've got to take it up. That, that child may be your cross, but you've got to take it up. They may be stubborn and they may be your cross, but you still got to take it up and embrace the benefits that comes along with it. Because that cross is going to condition you to where you need to go. You cannot get past where you are yet until you take up the cross and you embrace the benefits that come along with the cross. You're not going to get in shape when you go in the gym and you just look at the equipment in the gym. You've got to start using the equipment. You've got to start using the equipment and you have to be repetitioned with using the equipment to see the results that will come from using the equipment. So guess what? When it comes to your cross, you cannot have your cross sitting in the corner and not using or utilizing the benefits that come with your cross. Yes. Sorry, it's not a feel-good one. You've got to take up the weights. You have to, got to embrace the benefits in order to see transformation. The Bible says in Romans 12 through 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you would prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In order for you to, to see the will of God, you need to follow his ways. What is his will? The will of God is his word. The will of God is his word. What God wills for us to do in, his, in this life is found in the word of God. And in the word of God, Jesus gives specific instructions. And his specific instructions said, if you want to follow me, I'm going to give you a set of criterias. The one set of criteria is, first of all, deny yourself. Change the way you're thinking. Transform your mind and take up your cross. Because even though you don't like how heavy your cross is, you don't like how long your cross is, you don't like how rugged your cross is, I had to do it. And I did it to show you how it should be done. So now it's your turn to take up your cross and follow him to Golgotha. Die on the cross. Be buried and isolated that you can come forth with power and authority in this earth. What's inside of you is trapped inside of you because you have not been placed in the correct conditions. 
When you are placed in the correct conditions like a seed is placed, then transformation will come forth. Everything that is valuable on the inside of you will come forth. John 14, 26 says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. This excites me. I want you to touch yourself and say, ah, but the comforter or the trainer, but the comforter or the trainer, but the comforter or our trainer, but the comforter or our trainer, which is the Holy Ghost, will, will teach you and cause you to embrace a responsible transformation. But the comforter or our trainer, the Holy Ghost, will teach you to embrace responsible transformation. This is what the Holy Ghost will do. He will cause you to increase in strength. The Holy Ghost will cause you to in in increase in strength. He will cause your character to be shaped. Uh, your integrity to be solidified. The Holy Ghost will stretch you and cause you to release what's not needed in order to receive God's benefit. The Holy Ghost will stretch you and cause you to release what is not needed in order to receive the benefits that God has for you. The Holy Ghost will train and prepare you through God's deposit. What we fear, what most of us fear is being buried. We fear being buried because it's a place of isolation. Is a place of loneliness. It's a place of obscurity and, and nobody is there for us. We can't hear anybody. We can't see anybody. But that's exactly where God needs you to be in order for him to deposit in your life. Because when you are alone and when you're isolated, the only voice you're hearing will be the voice of God. And when you're isolated, the only thing you're going to see is the things of God. And when you're isolated, the only instructions you can receive is instructions from God. So when you come out of the obscure isolation, when you open your mouth, you would open your mouth and release the revelation that God has given you because he placed you in a place of isolation. You will release everything that was you. You were buried in the ground as a seed and everything that's on the inside of you can come out. I'm saying to you, where is your cross? You need to embrace your cross. Have you embraced your cross? I need to embrace our cross have you utilized responsible transformation the problem we have is that we have not embraced or we have not utilized our cross we have not utilized our cross because some of us cannot find our cross we've got to go where we left it because we were so concerned about Jesus keeping us in the cross and not paying attention that the cross was Jesus' cross. Ah, 
<laughs> yes, we value salvation. Yes, we value the redemptive work on the cross. Yes, we are subscribers of, of, of giving our life to Christ. And then when we, when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart and we say that he is risen from the dead and we say we're saved. But after that, what do we do? Jesus says, now that you're here with me, what I need you to do is deny yourself. Grab your cross, put it on your shoulder, walk down the road of destruction, walk down the road of isolation and rejection, walk down the road of loneliness and stretch out on your cross. Release everything back to me that I can deposit in you, everything that I have for you. My question is, my brothers and sisters, where is your cross? Are you embracing responsible transformation? Hallelujah. This is difficult to digest. But there's benefits in being buried. When you are buried, you're in a place of activation. No seed can release the fullness of what is inside of it until it's in the right conditions. Or the environment. There is too much that God has placed on the inside of every one of us that you do not respect. Uh, you don't do not embrace, embrace. Sorry, responsible transformation. When does transformation happen? The minute you embrace your cross, the minute you hold on to your cross and start to walk up, that transformation happens. 1 Peter 5.10 says, But the God of all grace, whom had called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, he will make you perfect, establish you, strengthen and settle you. Why is it so difficult to accept utilizing your cross? There's a war that is to be won to receive the benefit of the cross. There's a scripture that I will take a look at, and it's in Habakkuk 2 and 20. It says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. And a lot of times we've used it to shut people up in church. But right there and then, Habakkuk was saying his one thing, that God uses our body. Our body is the temple of the Lord. And we were made from the dust of the earth. And Habakkuk said, the Lord is in this temple, which is made from this earth. We are triune being. He said, now that you are triune being, there's one thing that you battle with is your twin. God's spirit dwells in the inside of you, but you try to rationalize everything that is going on. He said, the Lord is in your holy temple. Tell your flesh to shut up. And only when your flesh shuts up, then you can follow the command and guides of God. Philippians 1.29, for unto you is given on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. James 1.12 says, Blessed is the man that endured temptation, but for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord had promised to him, and that uh, that, that love him. First Peter 4 12 says, Beloved, take it not strange concerning fiery trial, which is to try you, and that all some think it strange thing happen to you. Romans 8 and 17 says, And if children being heirs, Heirs of God, joint heirs with God and of Christ. If we so then be that we suffer with him, that we may 
also be glorified with him. In other words, everything that Christ did, Christ suffered. Christ showed us how to suffer. And then he turns around and he said, now you've got to follow in my footsteps. Because one, I am the master teacher. And you are my students. You are my disciples or your people of discipline. Your people of discipline because you're following me. So are you disciplined enough to take up the cross? Are we disciplined enough to follow him? Are we disciplined enough to go down the road called Golgotha? Are we disciplined to die on the cross and release everything that is not like him? Are you utilizing your cross? Where is your cross? That is the question. We need to re uh, embrace responsible transformation that comes from taking up the cross. And the more you take up the cross, it's like an exercise regimen. The stronger you begin to get, the more you take up your cross, the more fit you begin to get. The more you walk with your cross, the more stamina and long-suffering you get. The more you walk with the cross, it takes you to a place where you can die on the cross and leave it all there in order for God to deposit into you what is needed. My brothers and sisters on today, I just wanted to encourage you that we are not going to sit and say, Jesus, keep me near the cross as a cliche when in fact Jesus has assigned to each and every one of us a cross. We all have a personal cross. Jesus already died on the cross. The redemptive work has already been done on the cross. Jesus showed us how it would be done on the cross. Now are you embracing your cross? Are you utilizing your cross and embracing responsible transformation that only comes when you accept the responsibility of the cross? I want to pray with you on this morning. Father God, we thank you and we bless you for these, your people, God, that stood and listened to your word, God, as instructions were given, Father God, based on your word, God, that we all need to take up our cross. We need to follow you, God, and receive the benefits and the value to come from our cross. Father God, wherever our crosses are, God, Father God, help us to find our cross. Help us to embrace the cross, God, that we will receive the value that's in our cross. Help us to embrace the cross, God, that we will receive the benefits that are in the cross, God. Father God, I speak to the minds of our people right now that it will be transformed, Father God, to receive instructions from you, God, about embracing their cross, God, and utilizing the benefits that come from their cross, God. Father God, even as they go throughout the week, God, Father God, that they will take up their cross, God, and they would accept the responsibility that comes with their cross, God. We give you glory and we give you praise for the strength, God, of my brother and sister, God, on this day, God, to utilize every value that comes in their cross.
cross, God, in the mighty name of Jesus, God. God, we speak clarity to their hearts right now, God. We speak right now strength to their heart right now. Father God, that they would move, God. Father God, in obedience to your word, God, and embrace their cross, God. Walk in the newness of you, God, as you deposit in them, God, everything that they need, God, to move to the next level, God. You did not go into hell, God, until you died on the cross, God. You did not snatch the keys, God, until you died on the cross, God. You did not lead captivity captive, God, until you died on the cross, God. So help us, God, to embrace, God, responsible transformation by, uh, by utilizing our cross, God. We give you glory, God. We give you praise and we thank you for it now, God. For these, your people, in the name of Jesus, let the people of God say amen. God, we thank you and we bless you for these, your people, that stood with us, God. As we declared your word, God, the way you gave it to us, God. Father God, that it would inspire somebody else, God. That it would add value to their walk in Christ, God. Father God, that they would be, Father God, relentless in their pursuit after you, God. And if they say they're pursuing after you, then they're following the guides that you have set before them, God. Help them to be disciplined in your word. God, we thank you and we bless you. Everybody, if it's your time of tithing from the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ, there is a link. That is in the thread. If it's your time of tithing, you can give, um, be give the five and cash out. If it's your time of tithing, this is the day that the Lord has made, and 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 we shall be rejoicing and be glad in Him. Again, we came to you live, courtesy of the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family, where our illustrious bishop is the Bishop Curtis Bernard Sexton. He is the prelate for the Guyana ecclesiastical jurisdiction, along with Suriname. Also, I want to to encourage you. I want to encourage you this and every Sunday to join us live at 9 a.m. with Elder and Evangelist George and Joanne Gidding as they go forth in our Sunday school lesson. That's every Sunday at 9 a.m. via Zoom as well as Facebook. And uh, uh, again, every Sunday at 10 a.m., we'll be coming to you live with a word from the Lord, either in the sanctuary or we'll be going virtual. But we know that God is in control of every situation. And we are so grateful to God to have you joining in with us all the way from the Bahamas. I thank God for my cousin. I thank God for my cousin Newton. I know my sister Ladinia is, is, is watching and it's her birthday. So happy birthday, my baby sister Ladinia again. Happy birthday to my son Rashid. Happy birthday to my mother-in-law, Raphaela Bennett. I love you. Happy birthday to my aunt Sylvia all the way in Exuma, Bahamas. I love you. Phenomenal, extraordinary people. Um, happy birthday also to my cousin Deza Roberts. In, in Freeport, Bahamas. I, got, I bless God for each and every one of you. I am Elder Andy Smith, and I serve as the assistant pastor of the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family. Uh, and, and, and I'm excited just to have you guys with us on this day. God is still worthy of all praise and all thanks. God is yet worthy. And we bless God for you being with us on today because we couldn't do it without you. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, we thank God for you being with us. Uh, we thank God also <clears throat> um, 
on on February the seventh, we'll be celebrating. Uh, we'll be celebrating uh, moving up in ministry to, to some of our gangster saints inside of the house. I bless God for all of you and your patience. Um, whilst God is elevating you, I'm going to say this to you. Welcome to the ministry of suffering. God has many things for you to do. God is going to elevate you. God is going to strengthen you. He's going to keep you. And you, all of you, I'm going to say the same thing. And I'm going to ask you, are you utilizing your cross? Because it's going to take utilizing your cross to get to that place where God is going to use you in a miraculous way. Are you utilizing your cross? I bless God for my light-skinned sister, uh, evangelist, Maya Marshall. I was listening to her read the scripture on this morning. And she caused me almost jump through jump through the screen because she was reading with such power and ebullience. And I bless God for, for her, uh, Evangelist Joanne Giddings, uh, Evangelist Teresa Burton, uh, as well as Eva Evangelist Kowana McCray. Uh, we say congratulations and God bless you, God's speed and God's strength. Uh, we, we bless God for all of the candidates that are going to be going up. Um, before uh, the people of God. And all we're doing is being tied to ministry, tied to the ministry of suffering. Again, if it's your week of tithing, post it in the thread. It's ways that you can give via electronic giving, give Levi and cash out. We thank you for joining in with us on this morning. I say I love you all. I love you all. I love you all. Thank God again. For our elect lady, Denise Sexton, our Bishop, Bishop Curtis Bernard Sexton, our elect lady, Denise Sexton, and I cannot go without saying the cream in my coffee, the sugar in my tea, the one that makes my liver quiver, she still got that effect on me, my wife, my wife, Sister Carrie Ann Smith, she puts up with me, she really puts up with me, I bless God for her loving me, my sister, Toisha White, I I'm praying for you. You've got this. You've got this, Toya. You've got this. God, God is not through with any of us yet. You've got this. Just embrace it. Just embrace it. I am so excited, but the word came to me first. I'm so excited about what God is doing. God continues to do in our lives. And I just want to express to each and every one of you, our virtual family, our global family, our, our local family, the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ. Our virtual family, those of you watching via Facebook and our other uh, mediums and handles, and those of you watching from around the world in the Bahamas, my cousin, Newton, and his wife, Violet, I love you all. I bless God for all of you being here with us on this day. Uh, my sister, Ladini, I know my mom is watching. I love you. Love you, love you, love you. My aunt, Sylvia, I love you. Uh, Patsy, make sure Aunt Silver gets this. Let her know that I love her. Love, love, love my auntie. And I bless God for each and every one of you. Um, I know my daughters is watching. But I'm excited. And I want to encourage you on this week to utilize your cross that you would embrace responsible transformation. Again, go on this day. Go with strength. Go with vigor. Go with power. Go with the authority that's coming from being deposited into you what God has for your life. I believe God 
for each and every one of you. Also, continue to keep our lack lady, Evangelist Denise Sexton, in your prayer. Lift her up in prayer. Just lift her up in prayer. Um, we thank God for her strength, and we thank God for her. We bless God for each and every one of you. I love you all, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. I love you until next time. Stay sweet and stay powerful in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. I love 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 you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do. I'm going this time. Yes, this time. For real. I'm going. But I love you guys. There's nothing you can do about it.